0: My guardian angel intercede for me. Well, as we think of the solemnity of the epiphany, we can easily conjure up those figures that are always placed on the extremities of the nativity scene, far off, sometimes even a kind of forgotten, which are the magi, these wise men, Sometimes they're dressed in turbans and uh, elaborate clothing. Usually there are a few camels there with them. And they're carrying these rich treasures for the child. Though we often picture these characters in the scenes of the Nativity and in the adoration of the Magi as such, they are always present in the earliest Christian art in the catacombs, in the earliest frescoes, in the earliest mosaics. But if you look at these figures (coughs) approaching Mary and the child Jesus, you'll notice that there's one character that's in the early early Christian art up until the 5th century or so who's always absent, and he shouldn't be absent. And that's Joseph. Early Christian art Joseph is like, he's not there. Magi, uh, camels, uh, ox and ass, they're all there. And uh, for some reason, he's not there. takes him a long time to appear. And uh, sometimes they're very austere carvings where the artist indulged uh, meticulously in sculpting the ass and the ox uh, and then they would even put in the stable and the straw and the manger and the swaddling clothes and the scenes and then these funny little shepherds with their short tunics and the magi with their pointed hats and of course Mary is presenting on her lap the child but for some reason, Joseph is not there. There's one very ancient Christian sarcophagus where she is sitting on a kind of a throne, and uh, she seems to be abandoned by the man who protected her, because uh, he seems to have taken off. Why would, why would these early Christian artists neglect our dear Joseph? Well. One theory is that this was certainly not done out of indifference. He, our dear Joseph in the Magi, in the story of the Epiphany, is remaining in the shadows in the fledging, fledgling church. He's only there in the shadows because the church wanted to spotlight the divinity of Christ and the virgin birth in their proclamation the Gentiles, because here, with the Magi, it is a proclamation to the to the Gentiles to the to the people in the farthest corners of the earth, and the reason is that the Roman world, the pagan world at that time teemed with all these mythological gods who gave birth to children sometimes with these absolutely comically absurd unions between gods and animals and uh, human beings, a god would uh, rape a hapless uh, maiden, and just these bizarre stories in the pagan world. And so Mary's virginity had to be distinguished from the appearance of people like Hercules and uh, Romulus and Castor and all these rather strange demigods that had their own temples all over the pagan world at the time. And so, Joseph gallantly stood aside to let Mary's purity shine forth. She was the the virgin, virgin maiden, the Virgin Mary. And um, that's why he's left out, just in case it was believed or seen to suggest that he was somehow the father of Jesus. Because paganized uh, religions or pagan religions had all kinds of divinized men. But a God-made man, a God-made man, who is fully human and fully divine, well, that was a new concept, a very shocking concept for the entire empire and for the world to understand. And uh, that's why it was the simple people, the shepherds first, who came to worship the Christ child, who was held there by his mother. And um, the message of divinity, that, that Jesus was divine, it just had to, you just had to, there had to be no doubt about it so joseph allowed himself to be upstaged by the oxen and the extras so as to forestall any conclusion about the paternity of jesus but this changed this changed in the fourth century when the emperor theodosius proclaimed christianity as the sole religion of the empire and so now jesus is presented to the Gentiles that is in art as someone totally new someone who would ultimately change the relationship of God to man and so now he could be uh, presented publicly and one of the great popes at the time Pope Leo who gave more than 20 sermons on the Nativity and on the Epiphany he just loved that account and he had a particular devotion to the Incarnation to the reality of, of the Logos God becoming a man becoming flesh and uh, that's why his sermons always emphasize the genealogy of, of Jesus that is noted in, in the Gospel of St. Luke and also noted as you know in the Gospel of St. Matthew And uh, that one culminates uh, in Joseph, or both of them culminate in Joseph, who is the husband of Mary. And uh, although the two lines meet in the person of Christ, Pope Leo says, One remains from eternity, and the other began in time. Both have nevertheless come together in unity. They can neither be separated nor come together. To an end. And so today we celebrate this ancient feast of the Epiphany or the Solemnity. That, that word, Epiphany, referred to, to the visit of a, of a king to his people. And when he would go to his, all his provinces, it would be the Epiphany, it would be like the appearance of the king. And people would prepare for that. But for us, the epiphany refers to God's self-revelation as well as, of course, the revelation of Jesus as his son to all mankind. God is not this mysteriously distant being. He reveals himself. Well, Lord, we can tell you now in our prayer, you are the Logos. Logos is the Greek word word for word verbum you are the logos the word the articulation the speaking of the divine (coughs) of all that makes sense of all that of all the rational purposes of this earth and uh, for man that partly could be seen when they looked up into the stars they would look up in the stars And they would see one star moving, another star moving that way. Their placement. And this is what the Magi, who are like, they were like stargazers or um, magicians, or they just studied the stars, stargazers. And they must have spent a lot of time looking up at night. Of course, there was nothing to to reflect into the you know like here in the city you have to go out into the nature to see the stars here the city lights reflect and you can't really see the stars that well but they would observe and now they understood that this divine logos was going to present himself as a as a child this was kind of a revelation that they received and now he was going to come to us and so these stargazers saw something lovely in that star that they observed and they started off on their journey and now that child could now become a source of hope for them that Logos was no longer something kind of mysterious and distant he was going to become a child and they they must have been filled with with great joy and with great hope. Because stars were were believed to be the signs from God. Stars were believed to announce important events. We live our life with the stars there. We occasionally look up at them and it's almost difficult to distinguish them from a flying airplane. We see a thing. Oh, is that an airplane? Is it a shooting star? Who knows? You know. So, we don't really know. But for them, the brightness of the light to which they were drawn made that star all the more visible and made it somehow able for them to to follow that star. In other words, they were led by God's power to Christ, and of course, given that they were brought to something that would bring them hope and joy meant that they had to bring gifts. And uh, they had to bring gifts to his family. Any baby belongs to a family. So they were bringing gifts to Mary and Joseph. And this was already foreseen in, in Isaiah. They probably looked that up in Isaiah. In in Spain, in Italy and in Spain, gifts are traditionally associated with Christmas, and they are exchanged usually on the feast of the Epiphany. Well, Italy in Italy, it's believed that gifts are brought by this old woman called La Befana. Uh, La Befana. Well, I don't remember who the Befana is, but she's an old lady. And uh, <laughs> but of course, uh, in Spain, they are brought by the Magi. Los Reyes. Los Reyes. and um, and so they're the ones to bring the gifts and it makes sense we uh, here ended up exchanging gifts on Christmas for different reasons but they wanted to give those those gifts because of that star you know we we put a star on a tree even if only it's a plastic star and maybe even a plastic tree but uh, you know we, we placed the star over the crib scene and uh, some quip scenes even have running water, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and stars are nice. They're nice. They're, we like stars. But why do stars produce hope? Why do they do that? Well, these magi could only have set off on a journey because they were expecting something, and they were following that, that star. And they were ready to make that difficult journey That long effort because they knew somehow that that star was calling to them, that they had to follow that. Because it had something to do with the Logos, that is the Divine, becoming incarnate, becoming more understood. Because Logos is what speaks to us. And uh, we know that they had some form of unrest. And uh, they were looking for the true star of salvation. Somehow they associated that star with their own salvation. Pope Benedict says they represent the inner dynamic of religion toward self transcendence, which involves a search for truth, a search for the true God, hence, philosophy. In the original sense of the word, so that's that 's why they were restless is that they were seeking the truth they were seeking the the good, they were seeking the beautiful' things the only things that really man is truly satisfied by we 're not satisfied by other things they were restless, meaning they were anxious to tap into something great, something beautiful, something like outside of ourselves, beyond ourselves, beyond what we can even imagine. And we too, in a certain way, have to be kind of restless as we begin this new year, because we can tap into the loftiest dimensions, the loftiest possibilities of our formation, of our work, of what you're doing here. I suppose in these last few days, when you're giving us paper plates, uh, you know, all <laughs> oh, we love the paper plates, but <laughs> but maybe you were not tapping into your greatest potential. You know, I mean, there's some potential there, but uh, you know, I mean, I'm, sh- you know, but this year maybe somehow you'll be able to tap into all the dimensions of the of the work, uh, you know, the sanctification of work and what it really means about having. Deeper doctrinal knowledge, and uh, you know this this restlessness that the that the magi had. They wanted to come to know who this who this logos really was. And you can come to know more about uh, doctrinal knowledge, apologetics, philosophy, metaphysics. You have to read, open books. Would that you have time to open books and less less of your phone less of TikTok mm-hmm. there's so much to be done here in the administration this is the logos that is coming to us the logos the word the intelligence the the, the rationality that we can understand well, I've heard that um, in the past few months, in this past year, there have been some words that uh, apparently have been overused in this past year, and they're, they're telling us to avoid these, you know, these institutes of linguistics or whatever. They're telling us we should avoid certain expressions like, uh, no worries, no <laughs> worries. That has come to re- uh, replace um, it's a substitute for you're welcome. So you say, "Sorry, I'm." Ca- I'm, I'm you type text. Somebody, Sorry, I'm coming late. No worries. You know, or 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 the expression "at the end of the day." That's apparently one that has been used. Or the dreaded uh, supply chain uh, expression. Or you're on mute is another one that <laughs> <laughs> that a lot of people use. <laughs> apparently, it's also pretty dreaded. You've been talking there, and they say, uh, "You're on mute." You know. Uh, or the expression, wait, what? <laughs> which is <laughs> which is a bizarre expression. Wait, what? <laughs> like you have to wait, and then it's as mm-hmm. though you're processing what they just said. Um, you know. But uh, whatever the bad words, bad expressions we can replace to refresh our vocabulary, there's lots of things to read to nourish those desires, like the stars of... Uh, of wisdom that, that guides us and guided the Magi. And uh, their verve, their dynamism, their courage. This is what they had. They, they wanted to go with that verve, with that dynamism to set out to meet the King of the Jews. They are truly thinkers, they are truly searchers. And we, too, we want to be like that. We want to search this year. And uh, we always have to be searchers. We always have to be on the lookout for more, to go deeper in our knowledge of the faith. That, you know, that we acquire more books. It's good. More books. Amazon. Amazon. Just click. It's a good new book. Mm -hmm. We grow in our knowledge of Christ. We know we grow in our, in our deeper knowledge of the gospel, the way we read the gospel. Sometimes it helps to have more commentary on it. Others have commented on it and reflected on it. Maybe we can have that goal this year to read more books, uh, find time to deepen our human, cultural, and religious formation. Well, that's what our Father would have wanted, that we, we have a deep religious formation. Or a deep human formation, a cultural formation. But we also have to give hope to the girls that come here. Uh, that that we be a true beacon of hope for 2022. Who knows what's going to happen with uh, with Omicron and all that? Uh, we don't know, but we can we can pray that it will lose all its virulence and that uh, we will be able to go back to de- a deeper search of truth, a deeper apostolate. And ultimately, just exercising apostolate in our life is really, it's just another expression for us to to seek deeper truths about man, about the Church, about God. Better ways of presenting Jesus to others. You know, they say that survey after survey shows that one of the reasons people... Uh, or distancing themselves from the church or from religion is that this, this false belief they have which is, has not really been investigated but the false belief they have is that there's a, some kind of opposition between faith and reason that somehow if they give themselves over to the faith they will, becoming, they will be becoming uh, irrational or that it will be opposed to the reason or to science. Faith and science are somehow opposed, they, they believe. I mean, it's it's blatantly false. I mean, the Magi were scientists of their day. And if you had told them, you know, religion and science are actually on opposite uh, ends or something like that, they would have looked at you like, what What are you talking about? They would not have seen in any way that this was opposed. They were looking to the stars, science, because they felt the divine was hidden behind that. That's how they came to the divine. It's because of their scientific inquiry that they were able to come and worship the child. Maybe that's something we can go deeper on. Deeper ways in knowing about our faith, about our Lord. This is how our father described it back in 1956 our lord he said became man to teach us the father's will and this he is already doing as he dies excuse me as he this he is already doing as he lies there in the manger jesus christ is seeking us with a call which is a vocation to sanctity so that we may carry out the redemption with him let us reflect on this first lesson of his. We are to co-redeem by striving to triumph not over our neighbor, but over ourselves. Not over our neighbor, but over ourselves. Like Christ, we need to empty ourselves to consider ourselves as the servants of others and so to bring them to God. If We are servants of others especially in that deeper formation we bring them to god we bring ourselves to god we don't always know how we will co-redeem maybe in the context of more lockdowns maybe with things open up we don't know how it's going to go we cannot foresee exactly the future but let us maintain during 2022 a true spirit of curiosity and not to see this just with the same eyes as always as though we were just reading the second book uh, the same book the second time as though the pandemic was just always the same There was a survey made that that was asking school children the question about why they enjoyed the Harry Potter series the novels and why they enjoyed watching the new, the movies of Harry Potter. And the most common answer was, because you never know, you know, you never know what's going to happen next. That's why they like this. This curiosity, you don't know what's going to happen next. And the same is true of a suspense uh, movie or, or book. You never know what's going to happen. That's why you're prompted to watch the next episode of Star Wars and... Uh, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen in the series. And the same desire for Epiphany with the thrill of suspense, you know, is 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 prompting us now to begin this new year. This is what prompted the magi, it's what prompted Marco Polo, Christopher Columbus to go out suspense of what they're gonna find to take on a risky adventure. And uh, an element of suspense is marked, I would say, every moment of that journey of the Magi, who who never knew what road the Spirit of God is going to take them down next. We don't know what the Spirit of God is going to take us down this year, So let's keep that spirit of suspense He's going to take us somewhere in the apostolate He's going to take us somewhere in deeper formation He's going to take us somewhere in deeper and more anchored fraternity He's going to take us somewhere in the way you do your work Hopefully not paper plates, but somewhere it's always uh, when we have a feast, a uh, solemnity. It's always exciting. What is the appetizer going to be? You know, <laughs> what's going to be? Is it going to be alcoholic, non-alcoholic? We don't know. <laughs> you know, we never know. <laughs> and, uh, and so let's let's look at this new year with that, mm-hmm. not to go through this just as the same old, same old. That should be another you know another vocabulary that we should strike from our another phrase that we should strike from our vocabulary and we put ourselves in the minds of and of the of the magi who are on their way ready to go through a hard and long journey following the brightness of that star that will lead us to worship the child his blessed mother and st joseph even though he wasn't there in the early in the early paintings and stuff but eventually he was there and he was protecting the blessed mother and the child and it's going to be an amazing year 2022 with all the curiosity that will drive him. I thank you my God for the good resolutions affections and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation I ask you help to put them into effect my Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph my Father and Lord My guardian angel to Cedric.